0: Welcome, everybody, to the Neil World Order Podcast. Coming to you on a warm but rainy Saturday night here. Uh, we're actually, uh, my phone went off a little, a few minutes before I got started down here, and it said uh, we were under severe uh, thunderstorm warning or whatever, which is crazy. It was a beautiful day today. It was um, in the 60s. Uh, I think it's actually supposed to get cold. We're supposed to get snow sunday night into monday but that's life in the midwest uh went and saw the batman tonight um if you haven't seen this you should go see it you know i'd mentioned before that i was looking forward to it and that the trailer and bit pieces i saw uh you know had me intrigued and it looked really good uh You know, I read initially a lot of the reviews on it were really good. Obviously, I was still skeptical of Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. But uh, this was an excellent film. It's very long. It's three hours. Um, But there was no point in the film where I was bored or was like, ah, this is really long. Like, I was in it the whole time. Uh, It's dark. Uh, I actually, I think Robert Pattinson was excellent and did a great job as Batman. Um, I actually feel this film was probably second only to the Dark Knight in the Batman series. I think it was better than the other two Christopher Nolan picks. Um, Matt Reeves, the director, uh, did an amazing job. He was also one of the writers as well. Uh, you know, and I was curious. I was like, oh, what else has you know Matt Reeves done? Um, he actually directed the those uh, most recent Planet of the Apes movies. Um, the movie Cloverfield in 2008. Um, this really cool uh, movie I saw with Chloe Gr- Grace Moretz back in, like in 2010 was called Let Me In, where she's like a vampire, and it's, it, it, it's kind of neat. Um, if you go all the way back to 1996, Matt Reeves actually directed The Pallbearer with David Ross Schwimmer and Gwyneth Paltrow. In it. Um, I remember seeing this in college. But um, the film was excellent. Like I said, uh, I thought the characters were all very well, written very well. Um, Zoe Kravitz was amazing. Uh, she's dropped at Beautiful on top of being very talented actresses. She was uh, Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Um, but yeah, you know, this film had a. Uh, I think it dealt with. The the psyche of Batman slash Bruce Wayne Better than a lot of the other films had It didn't portray the Bruce Wayne As like the arrogant Machismo kind of guy I think this played Truer to the comics of the darker You know Dealing with his inner demons Kind of Bruce Wayne And like I said Robert Pattinson was excellent Um, You know I didn't want to I probably didn't want to like him initially But uh he was fantastic. He re- he really was, um, you know. And it it w- it was an awesome movie. Uh, you don't need to stay for the credits. There's nothing. Trust me, I stayed. Um, but yeah, I think they kind of set it in a direction for uh, the next film. If you go see it, I didn't realize this till the end that uh, the character, the pen, the guy playing the penguin, was actually Colin Farrell. I couldn't even tell. My wife, when I showed her a picture of him, said she could see it. But I, yeah, I was like, what? But yeah, if you, so I, you know, thumbs up, five stars uh, on this end for the Batman. And like I said, I was skeptical. And I mean, with so many superhero movies, you know, being made, uh, you know, so many Batman movies in itself, and then rebooting. You know, I guess Batman again, on top of how successful the Dark Knight trilogy was. uh, This film was awesome and stands on itself. Uh, You know, it was a new version. And I think Batman's just a great character. And that's part, you know, he's not blessed with superpowers. You know, so he's just an ordinary guy with extraordinary resources. You know, I think that's what's always maybe made him endearing to us is that maybe there's some vigilante in all of us on writing the wrongs of the world. And, um, you know, there's a lot of talk in the movie of vengeance and, um, yeah, it's very well written, very well directed, acted well, excellent film. Definitely go check it out. Um, so yeah, we're in March. Uh, like I said, temperature has been rising a little bit. Uh, Most of the snow, if not all of it, is melted. Uh, We've actually seen more of the sun. Um, You know, and I think I never talk about it, but I always look forward to spring. And I think it's mostly just because it means winter's over and I hate winter. I'll never understand people who say, oh, I love winter or, you know, who look forward to winter. Um, I, I would think most of us, at least all of us normal people, hate winter. Um, Though I guess, you know, depending on where you live, maybe you don't get a real winter. Um, It's actually, um, this has been a pretty mild winter here. Um, Not a lot of snow, um, because I bought a new snowblower. Uh, We had had a stretch of, like, cold temperatures for a while, but, uh, you know, and more than anything, and I didn't feel like, you know, you get to that part of the year where it seems like it gets dark at noon. I felt like that was short-lived, you know, and... And more than anything, this winter, it it flew by. Like, you know, I was looking at it, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's March 5th. Um, You know, Daylight Savings is a week away from tomorrow on uh, March 13th, and then spring officially starts the week after. So, you know, spring, new beginnings. um, I I guess that's kind of what it is, right? Everything starts to come back to life, starts to get green. Um, I, I don't know, maybe it's just another season and as you get older, all the days just become days on the calendar. It is crazy though. The older you get, the faster time goes by. Like, I just remember as a child thinking that the clock just crawled. The days took years and now it's like you blink and like, we're almost a quarter of the way through the year. Um, but you know, even in those days, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days. Um, you know, and b- bad times are bad times. That's just what it is. It's it's not a contest. Um, you know, what's a bad day for someone might not be a bad day for someone else. And I think sometimes we get uh, caught up, and people do. Like, you know, the worst you know is the worst you know. Like, if the worst you know isn't anywhere near as bad as somebody else's, that still doesn't mean you can't feel down, or sad, or frustrated, or think, hey, this day really went to shit, Um, you know, and sometimes I think that's a struggle I have, Um, you know, I tell myself, I'll have a bad day, and I'll be like, you know, does it really matter, I mean, is it really a bad day, look at all the, I'm very fortunate, look at all the blessings I have, Um, and that maybe these feelings of whatever, you know, they don't carry any weight because of all the good things I have in my life, Um, you know. It's going to sound odd, what I'm about to say, but um, it doesn't seem, and I, even though I do this, it doesn't seem healthy, I guess, to deny yourself of your misery, right? Um, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but like sometimes you honestly have to fully engulf yourself or fully invest yourself in your own misery just for the sake of processing it. Uh, maybe for the sake of getting through it. you know, um, for me, often it involves silence. Um, you know, I don't I don't talk about it. you know, we go on and on about my terrible communication skills on a podcast, which the irony in that is so beyond me. Um, old country music, um, And I have this thing sometimes where you know, when I'm feeling meh, You know, I listen to some old country, some George Jones, some Waylon, Willie, Johnny Cash, you name it. I pour some whiskey, I reflect, and uh, I indulge. You know, and maybe it's not reflect so much as it is ponder, contemplate, um, think, you know, talk to yourself, talk to you guys. I mean, essentially, I'm drinking and not listening to music when I talk to you guys, but I love me some George Jones, the possum, the man, God rest his soul. Um, A man who brought us so much great country music uh, from the greatest country song of all time. He stopped loving her today. Um, Who's going to fill their shoes. I'm a one woman man choices. I don't need your rocking chair. These are just the ones I honestly I'm going with off the top of my head. But uh, if you've never drank to some George Jones, you haven't lived. Um, You know, Jones spent a lot of his life drinking, and he wrote, saying, talked about the things drinking had cost him and the effects it had on his life. You know, and I'll be honest, I don't know if George Jones ever found full sobriety before his passing. Um, You know, he back in the day he got the nickname no show Jones because he'd go on benders and miss a show during tours. Um, you know, he, had, his life was a roller coaster. He had a lot of ups and downs, uh, arrests, you know, DUIs and such. Um, but he was always the possum, you know, and he always managed to stay relevant. Um, like I said, unfortunately, um, George Jones passed in 2013, but he left a huge legacy in country music. I mean, he, he's an icon. To, to say the least, um, I would say easily on the country Mount Rushmore, at least on mine personally. Um, I can't even think who I would be the other three, but uh, George Jones definitely would be on there. Um, so, you know, if you haven't ever or you haven't in a while, pour whiskey or whatever you drink, um, kick back and listen to some George Jones. I mean, it, it's good shit. It's, it's drinking music. I feel like that's a thing that um a phrase we don't say much anymore back in the day in college we'd always be like put some drinking music on uh we're sitting around you know and you get a a group of roommates friends or whatever and sometimes we would just sit there drink and just be like enjoying enjoying the tunes you know whether maybe it was around a fire just chilling out in the in the crib or you know getting your drink on being mellow um yeah that was the thing um You know, I was listening to uh, George Jones' song, Choices, the other day. That's kind of how, I guess, all this came to be. And um, I was thinking, you know, it's like, and it's crazy when you think about it. Um, In the song, he says, like, living and dying with the choices that I've made. Um, We make how, how many choices a day, you know, or even an hour. You know, our lives are literally composed of and dictated by the choices and or decisions we make Um, we make easy choices mindless choices you know things we probably don't even realize maybe they're like subconscious choices Uh, we just do them in the course of the day as we kinda like navigate this thing of life and you know you make choices that are hard Uh, some that you lose sleep over uh, some that bite you in the ass or maybe in hindsight that you actually regret but they're always there. More choices. More choosing. Finding your way. Um, you know, they come at the worst times. They come when it doesn't matter. But but they come, nonetheless. You know, a few episodes back, uh, I was talking about those moments when you look around, you wonder, hey, how did I get here? And not like physically, but in the place you are in your life. Um, I mean, I guess there are those times physically too where you're like, where the fuck am I? And how did I get here? But... Um, You know, I listened to that episode one night, and I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, you get there by choices. I mean, we choose a path, right? We choose people. Uh, Maybe you choose a lifestyle. Uh, You choose – maybe you choose nothing um, and let life just take you like driftwood on a wave. Um, I mean, that's still choice. Uh, It's all choices, though, seriously. I think, like – and I don't know why this this one came to me because I think this – day uh in history and i talked about it a little bit i think in life changes um you know walking out of the recreational activity center in mount pleasant michigan late winter early spring 1997 um and taking a few minutes to chit chat with a man named sam bryant anyone who uh worked at cedar point you know or at least worked in the games department or spent time with the uh employee activities department knows new Sam Bryant um it was he was recruiting for Cedar Point um I think about talking to him and saying oh yeah I always enjoyed this place and blah 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 and I said you know what I took the paperwork and I think about choosing to fill that paperwork out on a shift at uh, Papa John's where I worked at the time uh and made the choice you know to go do that because my adventure at Central Michigan had not panned out, and I ultimately had too much pride to go back home. Um, you know, so I, that moment, I chose not to confront failure. Instead, I took a detour to Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, I chose on that shift to tell my friend Dana what I was doing, who decided to join me at Cedar Point that summer, and we're still friends today unrelated but scott and i always called dana the possum so george jones the possum dana the possum dana i hope you're doing well love you man um you know and if you recall cedar point is where i also met scott and started a series of events that would be my life to come choices you know um so it's crazy when you think about it it all just comes down to the smallest choices you ever make um you know, I don't know if I ever talked about the story of how I ended up in Wisconsin. Um, I'd had a breakup with a girlfriend and we had this dog and I didn't really want to keep the dog and I didn't really want to keep the girlfriend and she was moving out and I acted like I wanted to keep the dog just out of some kind of, you know, not seem like, oh, thank God she's leaving. She was a great girlfriend. I just was not in that place in my life and it was probably better for her to go find the person she was going to be with. But anyways, I acted like I wanted to keep the dog And then she was supposed to say, no, I want the dog And then I would say, okay, fine But she didn't, she just left So I had this dog And I was walking this dog When I actually met the Terrible, awful, unholy person Spawn of the devil Which is probably an insult to the devil That ended up resulting in me being Here in Wisconsin So choices, had I not Had I chose to keep my mouth shut And just let Heather take that dog None of these cards would ever fall into place. But that's a whole other episode, and, uh, yeah, we won't go there. So, the other night, uh, President Brandon attempted, I guess you could call it a State of the Union address. Loaded with falsehoods, mumbling, nonsense, muttering. Can we, honestly, right, left, independent, purple, black, blue, people who fuck llamas, just all agree that this guy should never be allowed to speak publicly like even if you voted or support this clown which I'm not sure how you did or do maybe you're dumb maybe you just are really soft and you thought like mean tweets were the end of the world and you have to be nice to people and that's a prerequisite for being a good president which I'll never understand but um, there's no acceptable reason for him to be talking to the masses or to anyone really outside of maybe a I don't know a person in an old folk center that asks him what flavor jello he wants or if his diaper's dirty um he looks weak he makes us us all look weak and ultimately it only adds to the turmoil that is our country and, and the whole world at the moment um i mean do you honestly think putin watched it and went uh-oh i assure you he didn't if he even watched it. He probably chuckled, shook his head in disbelief like the rest of us, and was like, what the fuck are those people doing over there? You know, Brandon called the Ukrainian people the Iranian people. Do they sound similar? Sure. But here's the thing. You're the leader of the free fucking world. There's a huge event going on with the war or attack on Ukraine, whatever you want to call it. You're reading off a teleprompter. You've probably gone over this speech. Like, he's not speaking off the top of his head. Although it may sound like it because he just mumbles and talks crazy shit. You know, I'm sure he's probably even rehearsed it. So he's either just lazy, doesn't care, or he's fucking stupid. Uh, My guess is the latter. But, you know, at one point in the speech, he also talked about there was no wall big enough to keep out a vaccine. Leaving everyone in that chamber wondering what the fuck he was talking about. Uh, I think there was even a clip of uh, Minority Leader uh, was it is it Kevin McCarthy or whatever, and he was he, they caught him on camera like mumbling. Just I was like, what the fuck? Um, you could see the pain on cackling Harris's face watching this clown stumble and misspeak, and that's bad if somebody is stupid and as terrible of a speaker she is is caught off guard by your nonsense. You know, that's like pot kettle. Uh, I, I can't even fathom how anyone could watch that and is proud that that's the leader of the country. I, 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 would, I would fly you here to advocate your case on this uh, podcast. Uh, you will probably have to pass a mental health screen before uh, we do that to make sure you're just not criminally insane. But seriously he he at one point talked about how we're all better off now under his administration. I passed a gas station tonight where gas was 3.95 a gallon. And I'm sure there's parts of the country where you guys are listening where it's over that. I thought I saw it was over $6 in Portland, over $5 in California and those prices are going to continue to climb you guys. They're not don't expect anything to go down. Come Memorial Day, shit, we may all be looking for horses and buggies. Uh You know, because I I guess apparently rising costs, crippling inflation, supply chain issues, the border overrun, and World War III on the brink are all positives. So we're all better than we were under Trump because we didn't have any of these great things that I just mentioned. Uh, I honestly would have had more respect for him if he just said, hey, at least I don't send mean tweets. Because at this point, that's all he got. Like, he literally should have got up. Like, you remember that scene in The Hangover and people use it in videos on like TikTok where like Bradley Cooper calls up uh, the, fucking the guy they can't find, Doug. I was thinking of this song. And he's like, We fucked up. Like, that's literally, like, that's what this country is doing right now. Like, and you know, and I get Democrats are now resenting their vote and they're like, Oh, we're, but, but you, like, I, I'm not one of those Republicans that. Thinks we should just welcome you in because he's no less an idiot now than he was when he ran. So, you know, you were just an idiot. And if you voted on feelings, well, fuck you, you're an idiot. You're gonna sway that way again. You didn't become more intelligent. Your candidate's still the moron he was, you know, two years ago. And you know, as far as the mean tweets, I miss those tweets. I'm sure a lot of you do. Um, No one is better off in this country right now, except for Big Pharma, those who own stock in it, Amazon, probably Walmart. We're paying more for everything, if you can find it. Uh, You know, and it has nothing to do with the pandemic, which I predicted would just disappear. And in theory, I guess, Putin cured COVID, I guess, you know, Um, we could ask Dr. Fauci, but uh, has anyone seen him? Crazy, isn't it? He just disappeared like a Hillary Clinton email. And our country is in such an odd place. You know, you can't really predict or anticipate what's next. I mean, you look at yourself and the trend is, okay, you know, it's kind of like when the Titanic hit the iceberg, it was like, yeah, it was taken on water, eventually you knew it was going to fucking sink. Um, but obviously, it, it would appear a crash is coming. I mean, the housing bubble will have to burst at some point. I keep telling myself the supply chain can't stay broken forever. But I feel like the supply chain is then like, well, hold my beer. Uh, So maybe it does. And we just become Venezuela. Uh, I honestly have no idea. But, you know, when you think about think about COVID a month ago, we were still knee deep in mandates, forced vaccinations and all the other propaganda that went with this shit for the last two years. And now it's fading away, you know, just like hair metal. It was, like, gone overnight. Seriously, though, it's almost like I feel like they want us to forget it. There were no masks in the State of the Union Address because it's an unpopular look for the masses. So they don't want to present that they're pro-mask because they know people aren't going to vote for pro-mask people. And obviously with the midterms looming, and the democrats are looking at a slaughter in most of the house and senate elections like they're doing anything they can to try to turn it around which means free money is probably around the corner um you know you have the documents that came out the other day about the pfizer vax uh i don't know it was like 90 some odd pages uh you haven't seen that on the news have you um there's you know, pages of studies about the adverse reactions and possible long-term effects. You know, the information that Pfizer and the FDA both wanted sealed until, like, 2075. That That's the truth. You know, and that in itself should be a red flag. You know, and there's still some of you listening that are going to go line up for a booster after booster, even though you never needed anything but your own immune system, period. My guess is by November... They try to sell us all that life is normal again, and they did this amazing cure, and they wiped out the virus, yada, yada, yada. But my question is, will it ever be normal again? Like, I have an issue just pretending that those in power didn't try to control us. Like, I'm not willing to just forget that. Any politician in support of any mandate needs to be removed from office. I don't care what party you are, who you are, you're a bad guy, period. We can't just, like, forgive what they've done to even, like, the younger generation. And I'm not talking about the purple-haired college idiots that think killing baby is reproductive health care or some Whatever the word is, they've made up for it this week. Uh, But, like, little kids, you've had to mask up, work in isolation, and maintain distances while politicians and celebrities have lived life freely. You know, the whole rules for thee, not for me. Don't let go of that. Think about that every time you see your kids. No one was trying to keep them safe. They were trying to teach them conformity, period. Beat it into them at a young age. And conformity can't be accepted. I I won't lie. When I see people out in masks, I laugh or shake my head. And often, if the wife's not around, I try to make sure they notice. And I don't care what your situation is. I don't. My guess is, whatever it is or was... It existed before COVID, and you weren't walking around with a cloth on your face then. Just fucking live, people, because eventually we all die. So live free, live your life for yourself, not rules, not for agendas, not based on things people told you. Just open your freaking mind. Like, you know, oh, I don't know, years ago I, start, I started listening to all kinds of things, not being, like, locked into... Um, my own beliefs and thinking, oh, this is impossible, that is impossible, because I've realized anything's actually possible, and there are no coincidences, and everything happens for a reason. You know, so I was reading the other day, and I came across this, I, maybe crazy, maybe true, maybe just a theory, conspiracy theory, whatever. And I'm not saying I believe this, but but I, I found all this interesting. And I was like, whoa, so there's, in theory, 33 million cell phones in the Ukraine. Um, there's an invasion going on we're not seeing a lot of raw footage we're seeing some footage but not 33 million phones worth of footage um, look at how many angry Karen videos there are on the internet versus maybe Ukraine invasion um, but that many phones and we're, we're not seeing a lot you know maybe it's a service issue I don't know but you know there's these stories and then there, I've heard that There's these Ukraine bio labs, that they're a huge sex trafficking uh, place and that, you know, these are actually the targets that Russia is going after. I mean, it seems possible, right? Um, With everything we've seen the past few years, why would it be so hard to digest? Human trafficking is actually a huge issue in Ukraine and has been for years. However, Russia and neighboring Belarus have also been cited as huge offenders and having a huge issue with this as well. So it's kind of like, okay, you know. um, You know, and Europe as a whole is a huge human trafficking place. But what if this was some sort of mission to change that? And like I said, I don't know. This was just part of an article I read. Um, And like I said these days, it's it's hard to know what to believe. I mean, one thing I noticed, I, I, I you know, Googling just different search engines going down the road looking up ukraine biolabs or bioweapons and on google for instance it was doing everything it could say like a hundred different articles of why that's not a factor, has been done been debunked and it came off like they were trying too hard which to me that's a huge red flag you know if Something isn't true. Why do you have to say it so much in so many different ways? It's that thing where they're, you know, like I'd mentioned before, there's a number of articles from a bunch of different places, but all the articles kind of sound exactly the same. Like, hey, just put a different heading on this. Send this here, send this there. But most of us don't notice because we read the first article and move on with our life. If you live in Tampa, you don't read about the news in Boston. You don't read about the news in Cleveland, Topeka, Portland, Helena, like you you don't, that's just, I mean, you may but the majority of people don't, so you don't notice that you know, it's the same story everywhere, it's just a different location or title um, and I'm, I'm not pushing any of these things, I am really not I just mentioned it, I found it interesting um, but you gotta wonder where these ideas and theories or whatever come from, right? Like there's not just some crazy person sitting there tossing out shit into the wind and seeing what sticks maybe there is maybe i am 100 percent completely wrong on that i I could be but you know i've always heard that there's truth in every rumor there's three sides to any conflict this side that side the truth um but like i said that's just a little something i saw that i would share i'm not saying i believe any of it i found it interesting thought i would share with you guys uh we have listeners in Europe. Maybe you guys could fill us in on what's really going on over there. Um, so completely changing directions because there's only so much. I know you guys don't like sports talk, but you know we're in Wisconsin. There's the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, which apparently he's supposed to make a decision by Tuesday, uh, and also supposedly. Like I never trust it because. They'll say one thing, say another thing. Uh, he narrowed it down to four teams, Packers, Broncos, Steelers, and Titans. Uh, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, to me, it's either the Packers or the Titans. I don't think the other two teams even are close to having a chance to win. But uh, the NFL did a study based on negative tweets, uh, social media posts, forum responses, chats, etc., on who the most despised player was this past season. And their conclusion was that Aaron Rodgers was the most despised player in the NFL. And and honestly, I had to laugh about this. Um, Obviously, uh, Antonio Brown was number two. Patrick Mahomes' brother Jackson was third. Uh, Mahomes' wife also made the list of the 25 people somewhere further down. But but really? Aaron Rodgers? Let's think for a second. In a season where Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs kills a woman and her dog by crashing into them at 125 miles an hour drunk, and medical reports showed that the woman and her dog actually burned to death, he's not even on the list. Same for former Tennessee Titan offensive lineman Isaiah Washington, who's had multiple run-ins with the law, evading police at 140-mile-an-hour chase, possession of drugs, DUI assault. The only players on the list with records were Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., Richard Sherman. All minor things, honestly, that resulted in fines. Uh, there, I, I went over a review of like NFL player arrests for like the past two seasons. It's insane. Uh, they're usually DUI. Some kind of gun charge or domestic assault, which clearly after the Ray Rice thing, the NFL really turned around that domestic assault stuff. You know what the issue is? They just don't talk about it now. Um, But the masses despise Aaron Rodgers. Think about that. Why? Because he's really good? um, Because he doesn't buy into vax propaganda? Because even when you hate him, he still doesn't care? You know, you can say whatever you want about his playoff record. I'll give you that. But when it comes to actual talent and ability at the quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers is the best. He's number one. He's the most talented. He's not the greatest. He's the, he's like I said, he's not the best QB ever. In my opinion, that's Tom Brady. Rodgers is the most physically gifted quarterback to ever play the game. Period. His arm talent, his ability, honestly, has only been limited by bad roster moves, bad defenses, and special teams and coaching. Those are the reasons he doesn't have two or three or more Super Bowl rings. Not for anything he's failed to do. But the guy is despised because ultimately he spit in the face of the narrative. Then he doubled down on it and did it again. I honestly think him speaking out on the COVID nonsense was a huge turning point for sports and maybe for all of it in general as a country. I think he was a reluctant hero. He didn't want to be in the spotlight about it because they were his choices, not your choices. He wasn't speaking for anyone but himself. But, you know, people tried to label him as selfish. I know, right? But there's really people out there that believe getting vaccinated helps anyone other than yourself. Like they're still out there. Where there's nowhere written, nowhere, anywhere, that in theory getting vaccinated does anything except it might do something for you. You know, this that opinion, like the vaccine, comes with no scientific proof to back it up. You know, Rogers owning his health in today's world was was actually brave. He stood to have way more to lose by being open about it than he did to gain. I think he was caught off guard by the nonsense people threw his way after talking about his vaccination status. You know, where he said he'd been immunized. Um, you know, and all the talking heads from Stephen A. to all the other armchair QB yelling sports idiots tried to ridicule him. And honestly, it backfired. Rodgers was embraced by those of us who applaud people who can actually think for themselves. Um, you know, and he could care less that we embrace them. He wasn't seeking it, but it still happened. Uh, you know, and living, living here in Wisconsin, I hear people talk bad about him every day. And, and I'll be honest, 90% of them are idiots that don't know anything about football. Um, I think a majority of the people here take his talents for granted, You know, I don't, I personally, I didn't need Aaron Rodgers to tell me how to live or to be my role model, although my respect for him is uh, at an all-time high, and it won't change if he decides to go play elsewhere, which, like I said, he's supposed to maybe let him know by Tuesday. I just need him to be amazing to watch, to make me love the game. Sure, another Super Bowl would be amazing, but unlike a lot of the fools out there, I'm smart enough to realize how bad it's going to be when he's gone. He's generational. We've been fortunate enough to have two generational talents at quarterback back-to-back. But we should be in awe and grateful for his tenure with the Packers. You know, but that's kind of like what we do with with heroes or, I don't know, sports heroes or icons or whatever. We build people up to tear them down. You know, like people did it to Tiger. Happened to Mike Tyson. They tried to do it with Kobe. Uh, We'll drag them through the mud, but then those same people will label Michael Vick a redemption story. Michael Vick killed and tortured dogs. Fuck Michael Vick. LeBron James is one of the most ignorant celebrities in history. Literally. LeBron James has a basketball IQ through the roof. His general IQ through the toilet. But listen to him talk about the world we live in. The The guy doesn't know his asshole from Italy. You know, he, he dogs the U.S. and systematic racism all the time while cashing checks from China's whose atrocities are well-documented. Uh, we bury John Gruden over 10-year-old emails. Emails making fun of someone who did in fact have or does in fact have big lips. We cancel Morgan Wallen for nearly two years for saying the N-word. Incorrect context, I might add, in his yard to one of his friends. But we put a handful of rappers on stage at the Super Bowl who've made a career out of it. Eminem has gay-bashed, glorified domestic abuse, drug use, murder, and rape. But hey, he's saying Lose Yourself, and everyone waves their hands. It's pathetic, um... But anyway, so props to Aaron Rodgers, you know, and on behalf of him to all the haters, I think he, he would tell you to eat his ass. Uh, whew, that That's all I got tonight, folks. Um, hopefully Aaron Rodgers, uh, by the time we have next week's episode, has committed to staying with the Packers, at least for one more season. Uh, check out the merch shop, uh, get you some teas at the Retro Lounge or the Neo World Order store. I appreciate all your listenings. I hope our listeners over there in Europe are safe. Uh, Everyone have a great weekend and a great week, and we'll see you next week.